Gibson. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Absolute delight to be with you. Very special Sunday afternoon talking to one of the great fun guys and successful guys of the world boxing scene. This guy was the WBC World Cruiserweight Champion, who was the destroyer of the hate maker himself. We're delighted to have him up here. Put your hands together, Mr. Tony Bellew. Here he comes, Mr. Tony Bellew. bring you back to May 29, 2016, Goodison Park, your home, your special home, uh, the big WBC Cruiser title yeah. against a guy who hadn't lost since his debut way back in 2008, and you're down in the first round. Yeah. Your thoughts then, when you're sitting down there, right, I'm just about to become World Cruiser winning champion. My thoughts then was, I'm trying to how many kids in there. Bollocks, he's broken my nose. <laughs> Can't believe this gobshite's broke my nose. That was the exact first thing that went through my mind. So, uh, then the second thing that went through my mind was I better get up and win this because if I get sparked in Goodison Park, I'd never come back again. So, <laughs> <laughs> that. Yeah, you know, you've got to understand that. I'm sure a lot of you guys are football fans in here. I've been going to Goodison Park since I was nine or ten years old and, and my dream was always really, to be totally honest, to play for Everton Football Club. But the fact of the matter is I was just too fat and not good enough. <laughs> uh, I'm an honest person and I'm going around the monster to tell myself that. <laughs> but uh, in my way of doing it, since I wasn't good enough to play football, my dream became to stick a ring in the middle of Goodison Park and all the years I had my season ticket going to watch the Blues and my mad Everton fan I always thought in the back of my head one day I'm going to do it, one day I'm going to do it and it was just like a dream and then I had done the movie and I thought like that's the closest I'm ever going to get yeah. and then and then the chairman backed me and the club backed me and the chairman became my friend and like family to me so when the fight night finally came I can't even put into words how much pressure is on my shoulders. I don't usually get nervous for fights. I'm not really scared of anything, which, which is scary in itself, really. But uh, I just, I was so nervous for that night. I mean, I'm surprised I never left the number two in my shorts on my way walking to that room because my ass was twitching and my balls were going so I was very scared when I walked to that room. But anyway, kill. Um, that, even whatever's happened since, because that was the world title and was in Goodison, must be a moment that you'll take to your grave. That's a great, great, great moment for you. It is. I'd say it's the, the greatest moment of my life, but then she'd kill me in the house. So of course you would. <laughs> I'll just say it's the best moment in my career. Uh, it's just, I can't, it was all my dreams and more. Uh, knocking him out like that, getting off the floor, you couldn't write it. But it was just amazing. The only bad part was, like I say, he broke my nose. That was the only bad part, but uh, 
I take 20 broken noses to go to that again. Thank you very much. Then in Liverpool, in the arena, in, in the October, BJ Flores, if I remember, he was here speaking with wasn't he? Yeah, I... Uh, so you enjoy that? Yeah, another grub shout. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what, he followed me around for, for a couple of years and he wouldn't leave me alone. Uh, he turned up with the movie premiere to Creed, he just... He was everywhere and he was the most annoying man you could lay eyes on. Even more annoying than me. And that is hard to beat. Uh, he just wouldn't leave me alone. And then I was surprised that, be known, I wasn't supposed to fight him. I wanted to fight the fella who does beat Enzo Macronelli. Because Enzo's my mate, even though I'm not part of that promotional stable. I've stayed there, uh, friends with Enzo Mac. And when he lost to Demetrio Kucha, I wanted to gain the revenge And I thought it was a good scalp. Uh, Kucha was, you know, really good fighter, yeah. and I thought, I'll do it, I'll do it for them, so do it for me as well. And Eddie says to me, listen, he said, it's not really a good seller, and, and you know, Sky liked the fight, he said, but it doesn't tick any boxes, yeah. I don't think it'll do anything in the arena, he doesn't speak English. Yeah, exactly. So I said, well, come on then, brains are blue, you know, well, what do you think? And he said to me, well, this BJ Flores we been talking about, and I just said to him, say, don't you say that, that Gauchet's name to me again. I'm not giving him a chance of a world title. I can't stand him. He's a helmet. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, what we did say is, I know that he's hate baiting, you know, you're keen on this hate fight, aren't you? You know, do you really want to do it? And I went, I'll tell you what, I'll agree to fight Flores if and only if you can get David Hay ringside to commentate on the fight yeah. for Sky, I said, and then I'll leave the rest to me. And then he said, he, he didn't get it, he couldn't grasp why I wanted Hay ringside to commentate, and he went, all right, Sam, I'll do it, and I'll be part of the deal, we'll do it. So I went in there, I just bounced that BJ Flores off the floor, and I just went to the ball of blood, slapped him from left to right. And you kept picking them up and stuff. Yeah, I, I enjoy beating them up. I really did get great pleasure out of that. It's not very often uh, I enjoy hitting people, but I enjoyed hitting them and beating them up. What a tough one. I got paid as well. He gave me better. Yeah, yeah. So, Stuart, sure, I know you call them tail, of course. Yeah, so what I've done is then, I've done what I always do. I took things into my own hands. I seen that Toblerone sponsorship board and I just kicked it as hard as I could. It got right on the chest. Uh, I jumped out the ring. It was like something out of WWE. I was going to start cheating the rope like the ultimate warrior used to do the years ago and start going nuts, but I thought that's a step too far. Uh, I just, I just lose it. You know what? I'm, I'm a totally different person when, when I'm in, inside the boxing fraternity. I'm, I'm not one, don't believe everything the media shows you believe, because I'm not that lunatic that I think. I'm always seen to be. I'm just, honest to God, I'm just a normal fella who, 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 who's not scared of nothing and just fights like fuck. The only thing I'm scared of is going home to here with a lightweight packet. With a lightweight packet. When you got to here, you actually did the fight with it. First of all, there was a not a confusion, but a, a decision. Do you fight both at Cruiser or do you fight at Heavy? And you both made those weights in the past. I wanted to fight at Cruiserweight and I wanted my world title to be at stake. And he said no. He said no, didn't he? Yeah, he said no. And he said, uh, not because he couldn't make the weight in the go. He said he could probably make the weight if he chose to. But uh, he wants to do what he's doing. 
to, to become a heavyweight and what, however he's making, whatever he's making. So I thought, you know what, come through three rounds and I'll beat him. I know I'd beat him anyway. I, I never, never doubted that. And I know 99.9% of the world thought I was going to get tanked. Uh, but you know what, I just knew. I knew, I, 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 if the truth be known, I actually looked up to David Hay for most of my career. I watched yeah. him as an amateur when he was winning world silver medals, uh, going to, to you know great lengths as an amateur. He's, he's an, I'll say first now, he's an amazing athlete. He's a brilliant fighter. He's just an absolute helmet of a man. <laughs> but he's a great fighter. He really is. Johnny Benny was sitting on the fence again. Uh, yeah, there was a. The, Boxing always, at the huge level, has trash talks nat naturally before a fight. They have to sell tickets, etc. My feeling was during the trash talk here that for once it was actually me. Yeah, you know what, everyone, over the first thing, and I got asked this last night, questions to me, do you really hate them all and, and stuff like that? And I'm going to be totally honest, I've never faked anything in my life. So the Welsh fella. Uh, I can't even say his name because he's falling out to me. We'll mention him, sure. Yeah, you can mention him, but I don't like him. Uh, I, I used to hate him, but I've only ever hated two people in my life. Hate's a strong word and it takes up too many emotions and time in your life. So I wouldn't say hate anymore. I'd just say severely dislike. Uh, I think of other words, but I'm trying to not swear as much as possible. Like. Uh, and then. And Where does he fit in with him then? In the with, with David, I always admired him and looked up to him from a personal perspective. But as I got to know him over the years, I just think you forgot yourself, you did. <laughs> I mean, just, just... Boy, that's what my wife said, and she backed you. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Yeah, it just—he's just—he is so antagonistic. He's so. Arrogance and ignorance, it, 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 you wouldn't believe some of the things he made me agree to in a contract. Like, he, he was going over fine details, and one of the details in the contract, I can't go over it all because we haven't got about a month. <laughs> so, there's some of the bits was, Tony Bell, you must be seated at a press conference when I enter, and he must acknowledge me as I enter the room. Things like that, and I just thought, what an absolute hell. So I refused to, when he first walked in the press conference, I just said, I'm not going to sit down, are you going to sit me down? You better do it. And he just, he looked for me as if to say, we're starting on early, aren't we? Uh, he knew I wouldn't play attention. And uh, he's just a very ignorant man. I said, in the building, I said to Eddie, I only have two demands. And they said, go on, what is it? You want the blue corner, don't you? And I said, no. I said, I'm not asked. Just, I want to say, can I pick up my shorts? Can I pick up my gloves? And he said, yeah, you can do both. He said, Sam, we've got very good. Very good. Is, is it at all difficult, Tony, when you're fighting somebody like Hay and the other guy who we're talking about cleverly, when you're fighting guys like that, have you got to control the dislike so that it becomes a weapon for you and doesn't take everything out of your head and you do stupid things in the way? You do, you're 100% correct. The, the second fight with, the, with that fella, the rematch, I, I lost control and, and, and I was I just... All I wanted to do was just hate him, and in the end, I was just, I couldn't do it because all the, I was just trying to load with everything and swing and swing. And in the end, he just put these tape like shell his hands on his head and just defended. Basically, his arse fell out of his pants. He didn't want to know. That's the basic way of saying it, but 
It takes two to make a great fight. You cannot make a great fight on your own. And I'm sure want to know in that fight. With hate, I'd experienced all these things throughout my career. And then it comes to the hate fight and I knew I was going to use, not the pressure, because that's the wrong word. I never felt pressure one time in that fight. I never got nervous. As you could see with them clown antics before the fight, what I was doing, the missus still giving me stick, dancing in the ring before the fight. I mean, I had to just do something to, to stay relaxed. That's the only reason I don't I'm not a good dancer, as you seen that night. Yeah, I mean, even worse singer. So I just, I was just doing it to relax, and I didn't want to get caught up because that's what a lot of fighters do when you go into domestic battles and grudge matches, and it's. You can't get caught up in it mentally because it will exhaust you and it will tire you. I've got a friend that gets caught up in David Price and he gets... David Price is a great athlete, very, very fit, a brilliant fighter, but he gets very anxious when he fights and nervous and he exhausts him before he even gets the ring. Mentally exhausted. Mentally exhausted. You can't explain it, it's very hard to explain, but it does happen. And uh, going into the hay fight, I knew as long as I didn't get mentally caught up in this game, I'd be perfectly fine, and it worked out all right. You blocked it out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was one of the great fights and one of the sad fights for something that wasn't the world title. I mean, it was quite incredible. Yeah, listen, I, I've always known how to sell a fight. Uh, I, know what, I know what people want to see, and like I said, I don't fake none. Uh, I just I know how to work and I know what to do. And to be honest, I say it to the idea all the time, it doesn't matter unless you're heavyweight champion of the world and the fight does the talking like Joshua. It doesn't matter how good the fighters are. No one wants to see two guys come together and shake hands and go, let's have a good fight. I'm sorry to say, it just doesn't fall. No, they don't. They want what they want. So, like the likes of Kel Brook and Golovkin, two brilliant fighters, but it didn't even do half of the pay-per-view sales that me and Hagan and that's the, the undisputed middleweight championship in the world at that stage. And then we've got me and this clown screaming at each other, saying we're going to do this and do that. And we just do a, a mad number of pay-per-view buys. But like I say, I know what sells. People don't want to see two guys shaking hands saying, let's have a great fight, lad. People want to see, I'm going to kick your fucking head in. I'm going to punch you all the way. And that's what sells. Absolutely. And you made that fight, which was absolutely terrific. You did your hand early, he did his ankle. Were you aware while the fight was going on, A, about when your hand went, and B, when he first started having troubles with his ankle? Well, he said he snapped his Achilles. He didn't snap his Achilles. What he'd done is he torn, he ruptured his Achilles. Because if he snapped his Achilles, he couldn't walk. Wrong so, yeah. The ever manager, he's done the left and the right. And the first thing he said to me when he seen me after the fight was, Torn, I've snapped both my Achilles. You cannot walk, let alone throw a punch when you snap. Yeah. So he ruptured them, yes, he did have an injury. But listening to my so right argument, yeah, in the second round, but I, it, it's happened to me before. I just I, I find a way to get through it. Uh, the fact of the matter is, this man said he was going to meet me in a coma. He did. In his words, he said, My kids were going to visit me in hospital. That's how they were going to see me, David, his words as well. And he said, I would never have another boxing match licensed by the Brisbane School of Control after what he's going to do to me. So that gobshite overstepped the mark thoroughly. Well, it's really but what I will say is, he laughs last, laughs loudest. That's absolutely right. When you had him down in the 11th, I mean, was 
and the towel came in. The feeling must have been one of elation because, as you say, he had told the whole world what he was going to do to you. And you were going to be lucky if you were in the hospital bed instead of a mortuary. Yes, he did. And thinking back, I look back at the moment, everyone says to me, why did you go to what's always the rivalry false? I'm going to be totally honest with you. When I, I hit him and he was hit, I punched him and punched him and punched him. And I knew he'd be brave, that's why I kept golden in the build up saying he'll be quit. I knew he'd be brave. Very few for his fight. Fighters of that level don't quit. Yeah, they just don't do it. But I thought I'd go and push his buttons. I can do things to get under people's skin. I found I wasn't quite good at that. So, I just don't know. It's, uh, the best way to say it, I looked at him and he was hurt. He was gone. And, I, and when Eddie, when Dave jumped on me back, I was like, get off, little fella. Yeah, yeah. You're okay there. So, 
where do you go next? I mean, there's, he, would he try to get a, a return and he wouldn't be fit? Would, would you go Joseph Parker next? Um, what's, what's that likely to be next? Do you know what? I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, she's been begging me to stop in the house since the end of that fight. I'm going to be totally honest with you. I haven't fucking gone this far to stop now. Potential boxing is a very, very short lifespan, and I'm at the peak of what I can possibly earn and give, yeah. these, kids, give these kids a start. So I ain't walking away. I've convinced her to talk her down. Basically, I bought her the new man bag and told her, Listen, there's more to come around. I tell you, the handbag she likes means I'm going to be fighting fucking ever. <laughs> Does the Parker fight appear to you bearing in mind that he's a, a big heavyweight and you're not a big heavyweight? He is. He's young. He's young and he's unbeaten. Listen, I'm not even a heavyweight. No, you're not really. No, I'm not. No, no, I've got no shame in saying I'm just a fat kid who wants to have a go and fight one of the heavyweight champs. Uh, do you know what? I love the thought being heavyweight champion of the world. Now, I'm going to be totally honest with you. I Sounds good, doesn't it? It does sound great, and I'll be totally honest, I don't know if I'm good enough to be it, but what I do know is I'm willing to give it a go, and let's just see where it leads, because I, I never anticipated, I never even thought I'd be world champion. If the truth be known, when I turned professional, I just I thought I'd just give it a go and see where it leads me, but the fact is, I've just kept progressing and progressing, and it's because I've just, I've, I've believed in myself from the start all the way through. And it's got me now, so can it get me to the every championship in the world? I don't know. But you know what? I'm willing to give it a go. Without a shadow. I presume, Tony, from what you said there, that you see your immediate future in the heavyweight division, not in the cruiser division. No, which is very sad to say because. I wanted to unify the cruiserweight division. I definitely know I'm good enough to do that. Um, but the truth be known, what I earned fighting in Goodison Park didn't even, you know, 25 times more for the hay fight. Really? 25 times more. So put that into perspective. I'd have to fight 25 more along with the Carvus. And I'll be totally honest, lad, I don't fight fancy boys 25 more of them. But the two being all that father face one day with 25 Macabre, so uh, it's just that that's the big money is that's the difference that's that's I'm trying to just give you as a barometer of that's the difference between a world title cruiserweight fight and a massive media juggernaut of a heavyweight fight. Just what that fight done. It touched my places like listen when when grandmas know you're walking down the street like there's something wrong, it's not right, you know what I mean? So I turn over the old people's home to see me now and they're like they're letting on. And they're not letting on because there's something wrong, they're letting on because they watch the fight, you know what I am. It's mad, it's, it, I can't put it into words. So that that fight, the last one, although I don't think it was anywhere near as good as good as some part, it's the places it touched, it, it, it went to a lot of people. It, it captured the general public's imagination and like yourself because I was mouthy and doing whatever I was doing. That's what worked with the numbers. So to answer the question, because I know I'm harping on good at talking shite, yeah, <laughs> my immediate future is a heavyweight, yeah. 
Um, you, you fought twice. Your first defeat was against them on a split, and then you beat them on a split. So yeah. tell us about those two fights. Yeah, I battered them in the rematch. I wasn't even close off, but like I say, I've always perceived as boxing's bad guy. It's only since that last fight that I'm looked at as the normal person that I am. But I was always perceived as the orange scout's mouth uh, and bit of a nasty person. So that plays a part when you come to decisions in all British Grudge fights. Like I said, that only changed in the last fight. The first fight with me and him was a good fight. And I'm going to be honest, it was really close. Okay, I thought I got it. Yeah, I thought I got it. It was just a close fight. Yeah, I had the in the same, but it's, I don't know, it's one of them. If I'm being totally honest, could have went either way, but I thought I was the better boxer in the fight. It's just the way it goes. Uh, the rematch, I just bullied them and spanked them. And I'll You've take, gone up with division, John. Yeah, we went on. Yeah, and everything I said, the reason why I died in fights at light, every came true when I went to the I don't tie in fights no more. I didn't have the last one at every week, but I had too much fat on my ass, that's why I tie it. <laughs> I had too many dinners before yes. I went uh, So, yeah, it's. When it comes to them, I'm going to tell you the reason why the, the real dislike and hate is for them. After we had our first fight, we kind of buried the, the bad blood and the hatchet. And uh, I embraced him in the ring and I said, well done. I said, you know, you've got the decision tonight, we'll do it again. And he says to me in the ring, that was the hardest fight I've ever had in my life. Uh, I was pissing blood for three days, I believe he was. Uh, my nose was broke, my arms were broke, my body was a mess, and making that weight just made it even worse. So, it goes into the post-fight press conference, and I didn't, I wasn't there for the start of it. And I came in halfway through it to give my opinions on what I had to do. And it was only when I looked back a couple of days later after the fight, my mate said to me, have you heard what he said at the start of that post-fight press conference? He said, it was an easy win. He said, he beat me with, with one hand, he said, and, and he didn't have to get out of second gear, that's what his father said. Now, for him to say in the ring to me, he, he was hardest fight, he was the hardest fight around his life, and it was just not, I thought, what an absolute lion. And it just, it, it, I'll never forgive for doing what he'd done that day. So, as we went forward, he always painted me as, like I say, the hooligan, the, yeah. even scout strong back or whatever. Well, and he always looked down on me because he had this match that he thought he was better than me. Yeah. And I, I'm not, I don't believe, I believe we're all the same. I've always believed that. No, your job doesn't define who you are. Just because I get punched in the head for living on punch, it doesn't define I'm better than you or you're better than me. You could clean bins, you could be a chef, you could be a teacher. Your job doesn't define who you are. This tits though, because he had a degree, a match today, he was better than the average person. Well, I showed that he wasn't, and that's the reason why I said so many other things to him. I'll never ever get on with him. Okay, there's a, there's a mutual respect there because we've had fights, but he's, a, he's an ignorant, arrogant, toss pot, and I, I'll never let it go now. So, another person I love. Who you control, Johnny? In the second fight, could you control your own anger? No, like, no. Uh, yeah, every way, even when I look at him, I can't control my anger. No. I only have to set eyes on him. The, the hay one is, 
is I, as I'm laughing in, and I can, it's different. Uh, yeah, it's different. There's no, no history. It might be different now because we've got history in the last fight, but with him, it was a deep history, and I went back and it went over the first fight. Because the first fight was so hard, it was, I don't know, it was just the history was proper there. With him, I actually enjoy getting under the skin, and it makes me laugh the fact that I can just open my mouth and speak. He, he thinks he's so good that I'm inferior to him. So it's like David looks at me and thinks, you shouldn't even speak when I speak. And I purposefully speak over him. So I wait for him to speak at press conference and I just go, shh, boy, shh. No, he's being annoys him beyond belief. I mean, I do it to be messes in the house all the time. It works. Shh, look, shh. Watch him tell you, she goes nuts. So I practice these things in the house. That's about the only things I ever practice. Uh, it works on the 11 year old as well, believe it. But yeah, it, it's different. That one with with, with the Tapper, I'm never uh, don't know me. We just we're never gonna get on. Like I say, there is a, a mutual respect from a boxing perspective, but from a, a people person. He isn't a people person, and he's not what he paints himself to be. This great Max degree boy and all that. Amazing. He's just he is what he is. Did he, out of interest, considering at the end, the first fight he admitted to you, took his fight and then blew it all the press comments. When you beat him, did he say anything to you in the ring? No, do you know what he done? No one knows this. I'm going to enjoy telling you so. He gets out the ring, he goes back to change rooms, and now Eddie Ayn has got this thing, he gives me a terrible stick for that fight, and I say, did it do good numbers? It done great numbers on me with you, so Eddie enjoyed me for that, and he said, Barber's phone, he said he was doing the after fight interview and he said, he said the phone was bleeping in his pocket from all the Twitter things and the Instagram. You robin bastard, you cockney bastard, you give us our money back, you've done this, you've done that, this was a joke of a fight. So Eddie goes back in the dressing room and I'm, I didn't care, I didn't care how the fight went, I just, I, I'm sorry, it wasn't a good fight and, and I would refund you all, you know, if it wasn't such a bad month, but... <laughs> It was a terrible fight, but you know what? I mean, you're not that good. Uh, I just, he didn't want to know. And when I got backstage with Eddie, Eddie walked in the dressing room and said to him, Nathan, did you break your right hand or something? And he said, no. And, 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 and the, the tap went, no, no. And Eddie goes to him, well, you're going to go in there now and tell him you're not broke your right hand, you tit. <laughs> Eddie did. Eddie tapped to walk in the because all fighting wouldn't throw right hand because my plan was the minute he throws the right hand, I was going to sling the left hook with a first class stamp on to come from the floor. And I, I just knew when I hit him clean on the left hook, I'd do it. And he would throw the right hand all night. But uh, it does send me mad that like he didn't do any damage to himself. He just didn't. He come up to a weight division and he wasn't as fit as me, he wasn't as strong as me, and he just didn't fancy him. And the worst thing for him would have been get knocked out by me. Yeah. So we thought, yeah. lose on points, same no excuse yeah. yeah. As long as he didn't get knocked out, he can show face. That judge who scored uh, a draw, I think he scored was an absolute disgrace. An absolute disgrace. It's judges like that that just need striking off the judge and this make them. They appear everywhere every now and again. They just need banning from boxing. Only two defeats in 32 pro fights. One. Just one. Well, yes, yes. What, what did you feed, actually? Oh, they get me ass back on that second one, no, well and truly. He, but, he did smack me ass. The, the guy, the, 
Get on the streets without doubt. Uh, but you were light heavy. Yeah, I was light heavy, but listen, I don't make excuses. He was good. He, he was brilliant at what he'd done, uh, and he, he smacked me, asked me well and truly. I couldn't, I couldn't hit him. When I did hit him, I put him over. Uh, but it was just, he was just so hard to hit, so little, so quick. So poor, which is my worst nightmare. And mate, he could really, really whack. I remember him hitting me on the forehead in the third round. Uh, and I could have sworn, mate, he crushed me forehead with this punch. <laughs> he hit me and I just started crunching. I just thought, fuck's sake. <laughs> he, could, he could whack, he could whack. I'd love to fight him again at Cruiserweight, but he would never entertain me. Uh, he's a brilliant fighter. Once again, I don't know why I get drawn to these scumbags, a former pimp. He used to put women into battles and, and let them fight each other in the middle of the ring. Absolute nutter. But uh, a brilliant fighter. A very, very good fighter who could punch very, very hard. So, you know, credit with credit to you, mate. I, I got my ass well and truly slapped that thing. But as we said, only two defeats in 32. Just told you one. <laughs> so, as I said, Tony said, only one defeat in 32. <laughs> but uh, but mid-30s now, I'm not going to have a plenty yeah. of that. How long do you feel you've got left to say, right, I'm going to make the door and I'm going to make some dreams while I'm making the door? Have you looked at it and said, I've got to have a great two years or three years? Or? I don't want to sound pompous and full of myself, because that's just not me, but... I've actually secured the kids now, so yeah. Yeah, it's easy saying wild, but you can fucking fight him if you want to. Be clever when you pick yeah, them, don't it's not about It's not about money anymore. Obviously, you want handsome rewards for massive risks, but the thought of being heavyweight champion is going to leave a legacy, something that no one will ever forget. It's, it, I've just got to be very careful with the fights that I pick. There is a long left, I'll be totally honest. You know, I'm agreeing a fight-by-fight fight deal with me missus. <laughs> and that's the toughest battle. So, I've just got to... I'm gonna try and make it work, lad. I go through it every day, lad. I can tell by the look on your face, you go through it too. <laughs> listen, oh, listen, mate. I wear the keks in our house, I'll be totally honest, but she fucking tells me what colour. <laughs> I am, I've got, I've got a few left. I don't know, I say a few, but let's just see how it goes. It would be a dream to win this heavyweight title, it really, really would. It would be the icing on the cake, and I'll be honest, if I won the heavyweight title, that would be it. I would walk away that night in the ring. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think I'd be going to last. But then, a part of me does say, I've got that pussy calling out for the rematch, and he, he's, he's, he's going to claim this. He, he's, he's doing this humble thing very well at the moment. The guys who have arranged to have got me up here, they'll tell you exactly what he's like. He's the biggest scumbag you'll ever meet in the world. Uh, he's putting on a great act at the minute that he's humble and he's nice, he's this and that. He's an absolute scumbag. And soon enough he will show his true colours again. A liar cannot 
high for that amazing. He will come out and he will do what he's going to do. So, back up if you want to see, see his time in the ring. So be it, I'll do it. But I am on a bit of a quest to be on the heavyweight champion of the world as well. Brilliant. Well, 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 well. Finally, we've got a couple of quick questions from the audience. Acton W 2015 in Creed, where the, the Rocky series, all of that, all of that, Sylvester Stallone, etc. It's three months from Philly, I believe, which is yeah. Tell us about that. That must have been fun. Yeah, I remember the phone call coming the very first day. I remember the day because Everton had just been bounced everywhere by Chelsea 6-3, we'd lost. Yeah, so it wasn't a good day. I was on my way up the ground and my phone goes. So my phone goes and this fellow goes, all right, Tony, my name's such and such. And I'm just giving you a call, but we're interested in you being in a Hollywood movie with Sylvester Stallone, the latest Rocky. And I just went, fuck off, lad, I'm not in the mood. Yeah, I was, I was, it, was, it was 16 weeks, or sorry, no, 14 weeks before the Cleverly rematch. Put the phone down, and I, was, I know how long it was before that rematch, because I was going for my last takeaway, and I was on my way to the Indian. So I pulled up to the Indian, ordered the things after the game, and Mrs. Wilkes needs to come home with the takeaway, she knows it's our last one. And the uh, phone goes again, this fella says to me, Tony, I know you can't believe this yet, but really I'm calling on behalf of, of MGM Studios and Sylvester Stallone. I said, lad, I'm not in the mood. I've just seen the team that bounced six to everywhere. Diego Costa was having a laugh at Goodison Park. Fuck off. Going down again. So I've got the takeaway now. I'm in the car. Another 15 minutes has passed. And I'm, I'm, I'm getting close to home now. It's the third phone call this fellas give me. It goes off and, and, and I said, Listen, lad, I've just told you I'm not in the mood for jokes. You've, you've left your number on, so you're obviously not asked about me having your number. I don't need to torment someone, all right? So just leave me alone. I'm having a bad day. And he went to me, Tom, I'm being deadly serious. I said, all right, just cut the bullshit. Where'd you get my phone number from? That, that's how we're going to get to the bottom of this thought. He said to me, I've got it off Ross Barkley. So straight away, I put the phone down again. <laughs> So I phoned up Ross and I said, lad, I know you've just finished the game and all that. I said, but listen, I'm not even messing. If you're having me on, I am not joking. Your car will be on four bricks tomorrow. I'll sell your wheels on your car. I'm not messing. He said, Ross really isn't that kind of kid. He'd never do anything like that. He's the most quiet, plastic kid you could ever meet. And he goes to me, eh, Tom, honest to God, me, me mate's dad is very close with this Sylvester Stallone's right-hand man. His name's Kevin King Templeton. He said, and the, the director's seen you on YouTube and he wants to meet you for a cast role. I said, does he know I've never acted? He's a fucking deal. And he went, Tom, honest to God, please, mate, just speak to the fella. Boom. All went down again for the fourth time. I phoned the fella back and I said, all right, listen, what's the dance? He said, it's going to be a new rock movie. It's going to be called Creed. Sly likes this pitch. The director wants you to play the bad guy. I've never acted a day in my life. So, three weeks went by and the directors from MGM flew over and the director from the movie. And I'm sitting down at this table with these fellas. And I'll be totally honest, when I turn those to me, I've got a fella, Paulie fella with me, he looks like a Russian, big dude. He's always, he's part of my business, he's everywhere we go. 
We turned up to this meeting and I swear to God, when I walked in this hotel, I was just waiting. I still thought it was a prank, I still thought it was a wind-up. Turned up to this hotel, I was waiting for Jeremy Beadle to come out of the toilet. And Beadle appeared, there's a few young ones here, he's one of them Beadle's about. But he used to do things like that all the time, but little did I know, I said this story on Soccer AM. And that Helen Chamberlain looked at me like that. I said, I was waiting for Jeremy Beadle to walk out. And Helen Chamberlain looked at me like that. And she went, I'm really sorry, folks. Jeremy Beadle's dead. Tony meant no offense by that. <laughs> so I still thought Jeremy Beadle's alive. I'm really sorry. Really sorry man. And uh, that, was, that was another story. I've jumped on home stories here. Yeah. So anyway, I turned up in this hotel and uh, I met with them. The next day, the director came in, and the director was a, he's come from a background the same as me. We've come from nothing, and I mean absolutely nothing. If you come to where I live, it's a, it's a, I'm proud of where I'm from, and it's a lovely city, but it does not live in this told me the part he wanted me to play. He said, do you think you can do it? I said, probably not, but I'll give it a go. Uh, and we just went on me. From there, I went to Philadelphia. I was living in Philly for three months. It was a hard three months because I never seen my kids and missus for three months. I was living with them through FaceTime. Uh, that was hard. I felt like I was in jail. But uh, we got the job done. Made me slide for the first time. It was mad. I remember he stand there. I watched him do a screen test. And when these great actors or whatever do screen test, he like slide out his way, leads poetry and stuff. Um, He's, I'm watching for 20 minutes, he doesn't know I'm there, I'm in the pitch black dark, just watching and thinking, what the fuck am I doing here? <laughs> this is not, it's probably not a ball for fuck's sake, what am I doing? And uh, he finishes the screen test, he comes over to me, and I went, uh, I swear to God, he puts his hand out, and I was on the verge going, all right, Rock. <laughs> I stopped myself, I did, but I swear I'm going, rap, and I went, I'm on Mr. Stallone. And I shook hands, he went, so don't call me Mr. Stone, call me Sly, you're my friend now, we're going to work together. And he said, I'm a big fan of your career. And at that stage, I just, I was, I was just right. thinking like that. <laughs> I just remember when I went to go to the toilet, and I went to the toilet, washed my face, and I just said to myself, lad, you better pull yourself together, you're going to make a holy show of this city, and yourself, you clown. Uh, I went back out, had a chat with him. Yeah, I got to know him over the next three months, spent plenty of time with him. Uh, he's a good man. He looked after me, helped me out. And, and mate, I've, I've been in a rocky movie, you couldn't write it, you know what I mean? I can't believe it. Some fat spouse has been in a rocky movie, and I'm really shocked at all. Absolutely bloody brilliant. Yes, can we have a couple of questions from the audience before we finish one then? And yeah, come on, sir. I'll shout out, we we'll might be able to hear you. Tony, just uh, a quick one. I've made three major fight tournaments here. Um, cleverly, number two. Here, all the moment when you won the world title. What gave you the greatest satisfaction? Because you, you didn't like two of them. Uh, you know what, mate? I can't even tell you which one gave me. It's not about satisfaction. It wasn't about satisfaction. The best satisfaction I ever got was that night at Goodison Park. It not, I, like when I, when I look back at my career, winning that world title that I never thought I was going to do was just... Everything else is just a 
bonus. So I just look at the two of them as helmets, and I beat them. Uh, I made up my people. When I think of, I look back at fights, first thing I think is it just close my eyes and think about walking that ring at Goodison Park that night. Think of where my season ticket was in the Gladys, all the lights coming up, the crowd singing, the chairman hugging me, and just that, that's what comes to your mind, not, not them two helmets, I'm sorry. Oh, listen, definitely, mate, I'm not going to tell lies. He broke my nose, he flattened. People think that I wasn't that hair because I'd done a rollover. Uh, oh, mate, I was well and truly hated. My legs collapsed underneath me, broke my nose, and he could punch me. He really, really could punch. One of the hardest I've been it. But uh, I've got this stupid mechanism. I've got a screw loose, to be totally honest. I'm not, I'm not wired right. Uh, when I get put down, I, I go through strange scenarios. So if you've seen me fight, which I'm sure you all have, when Oval McKenzie dropped me and I was flat down on my face, uh, the referee goes, one, two, I was up at three. Don't ask me how, because I can't explain it. But uh, as the referee gets to three, I'm up. And he said, you're okay. And I said to him, I, I was walking around and said, fucking fine, how's he put me down? That was the first thing he said to himself. Second thing he said, I can't believe I'm on this fucking floor. And then the referee says, five, six. And I said, move out the fucking way, you're gonna do it, man. And then when he went seven, you're around the bed, mate. Go on, go box. I swear to you, that's, I talk to myself when I go down. And if you look at the YouTubes of when I go down and get up, I've definitely got a screw loose and I talk to myself. And it's, it's not healthy, it's not good, but it, it's me. It works. I've done it again, I go to some party, the kubu dropped me, broke my nose, and I'm me like a dope. Instead of thinking, right, do this, do this, do that, I got up and I went, good shot, that wasn't it? It was a good shot. I was saying, good shot. I was saying it to myself, well, man, this referee's counting. Oh, good shot, that was a good shot. I was working as a pundit or something, you know, it's a bloody joke. But uh, that's me, I just, I say, what I see, which I shouldn't do a lot of times, it gets me in a lot of trouble, believe it or not. That's probably why I'm not the face of absolutely anything, because they don't know what I'm going to say or what I'm going to do, and I scare the shit out of all kinds of things, so... There we, there we go. Yes, gentlemen down here, that was a long answer, but I hope you got what you wanted. Go on, man. Good afternoon, Tony. Hiya, mate. Lovely. What's your career? Full of adoration. Thank you. Like I said, when you said you weren't good enough to play football, I've never Yeah. So I'm not going to tell lies to you either. I didn't fancy the game here. Okay, not wrong with that. So that's so I, mean, I didn't really fancy it because I think it was a little bit bridge too far. Full of adoration, mate. Thank you very much. Take me off, dude. I'm pulling tennis and meat. I'm like these Liverpool lads. I'm a Jory. I support Sunderland. I don't like Liverpool. So you were not going to feel sorry for you, would you just ask a question, pal? You've got what you deserve, now ask a question. Somebody, the lad over there, was going, he, he asked my questions. The only way, like, you're not to answer that sort of thing. Do you know what? I, 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 I fancy Tyson Fury more than I did the Andre Wilder fight. But, 
We haven't been able to talk to who's going to be able to see the Mayweather Francis. So the Wilder fight, I did like the Wilder fight until they got up close to them. And once again, he hugged me just like Josh did. And I just thought, for fuck's sake. Made his arms wrap around his whole body. He was like a massive cricket and he was huge. He was just on me, he was dead heavy. Tony, I watch you currently there at Klitschko and Nigeria. And when you more or less put it here, come on, let me like exchange and all that. And you, you didn't feel too interested in that here. No, listen, I mean, if someone puts it on me, tell me, I don't care, I'll beat you, I'm going to crack you. But uh, I'm not going to touch gloves and it's not going to be a left either. It's going to go like that one, to be honest. Right, let's have one more question before we finish. Shout up, shout up, stand up and shout up before. Come on, because of the time back then, give us a little question, mate. Just two quick fire questions. No, one quick fire question. <laughs> <laughs> what a shout, no, he's mate. And he probably battered me. Shout up, Bob. Well, we went steaming to Rod Sidling's church. Sitting in the house laughing me tits off. Best thing. If they miss out on fourth this year, it'll be the fucking fuck since he slipped. Beyonce. Did you go to the white hair, Beyonce? No, do you know what I've done? I was waiting for Sky 
and um, they had Beyonce Wilder on his chair where he was going to commentate from, so I've got a piece of white tape, wrote Beyonce, and put it over Beyonce. <laughs> Still got the picture on your phone. You can't beat the scouse with it, mate, I'm telling you. That Cockney clown came up against me in that studio doing the gloves are off. He lost before he even started. Yes. Yes, sir. What was your opinion on his hairband at the press conference? <laughs> oh, did you watch it? Did you see what I said to him? My words to him was, for fuck's sake, man, you've got an hairband on. <laughs> Just, I don't know, what, what, it's the world coming to me. It's never got air bands on. Get that eyebrows done. Fingernails done. It's gone, man. I'm, I'm very old school, mate. I'm a man. I wouldn't say I'm a man's man, but you know. Look at the fellas sitting at the table there, mate. Would you see any of the air bands on? Now, I know they haven't got much air between them, but if they had your age, you think you'd have air bands on? Yeah, just don't do it. Yes, sir. Steve's um, dedicated is going to be, your future is going to be heavyweight. Parker, did you watch him last week or the other week? Easy. Yes, I did watch him. Did you see how shite he was? <laughs> he was, do you know why? I, I, I see what you say. He was dreadful. Yeah, he was. He wasn't good, but, and there's a big but, mate. He's 17 and a half stone and he's 25 years of age. I just not shite like that. Do you not fancy your chances against them? He, he, he's not, he's, uh, I fancy my chances, I, I feel like on my day, I can beat most of them. I really do, I, I think I can beat Parker, yeah, but I'll be totally honest, there's gonna be times in that fight where I'm gonna have to take punishment and take stick, so I do envision winning, but I also envision going to hospital if I win. So that tweet, that tweet this morning, the, the little wink. The little wink when you when you winked at his tweet this morning. I winked at his tweet. Yeah, is, is, is that your interest for me? We're speaking. So we're speaking now. But the main, the first offer is being made. Uh, there is talks and they've done quite far in advance. But we'll uh, listen. We'll see where it leads. Uh, I've got no way. Uh, I don't really want to end up hospital, me, But listen, I do want to be a champion of the world. So we'll just see if I can get a happy goal a medium somewhere. Doesn't involve the hospital. <laughs> yeah, gentlemen down here, yes sir. Tony, uh, as a fellow scouser and blue, what would you rather have? Ever win the Premier League or you win the World Championship, the Heavyweight Championship? Can I, can I play? If I'm a player, mate, I mean, everyone has to go to What would you rather be a player forever or a boxer? And my first response is, do you think I enjoy getting punched in the face? <laughs> mate. I would give every achievement I've ever achieved in the ring away tomorrow. I would set it all on fire just to play a consistent number nine and score goals for every football club. So what am I going to eat? How's my kids going to breathe and eat? Can't, can't, can't eat the premiership trophy, can't they? I've got to feed them somewhere. Let me tell you, lad, they fucking eat. Don't stop. Got three boys, they're like three lions. Yeah, gentlemen down there, you, you've had a question already, sir. Gentlemen behind you, Hashim. Go ahead, Stata. What do you want to know, lad? No, you told me. Of course, I'd have Wazza back. Any day of the week, mate. No, not because he's going to be made, because he's a good player and he's still got it in him. So, might not be good enough for Man United the way they're playing at the moment with young players, but I believe Wazza will do a great job at Evan. And he'd also give the, the squad 
very much needed quality to it as well. Good answer. Jesus no, Christ, man, we're sitting on the door of Michael Parker. Turn this down, brother. Gentlemen at the back. Yes, sir. I'm totally like a lot of people in here. Come from nothing. Yeah. You've come from nothing. You've said you come from nothing. I have. When you go back to coming from nothing, when you see your family, when you see your friends, what gives you the most happiness? champion 
We wish him well as he continues to chase his dream and I'm certain Johnny's have always had an affinity with Scousers. We certainly have with this guy, Mr. Tony Bellew. Tony Bellew, I'd just like to say thank you all for coming. Okay folks, if you are interested in our next event, it is the 15th of June with Anthony Joshua at the Time Theatre. So if anybody wants to come to that, if you go to the Time Theatre Opera House on Westgate Road, tickets are available from the box office. Or if you want to go online, it's not, not just a ticket.com and buy your tickets online there. But Anthony Joshua, 15th of June is in the North East. Big thanks to John Gibson. Give him a round of applause. Well done to John Gibson. Thanks to all the staff in the Lancaster Street and all the staff from Newcastle Legends and Gold Star. Thank you. Big thanks to Rob as well, the DJ.